Welcome to episode 62 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me today, we have Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how are you doing tonight? I am peachy. Excellent. How about you, Mark? Uh, great. Just got home. Haven't had a chance to eat anything. Um, just because we're starting this quickly now. Uh, I just want to let everybody know I'm doing this uh, podcast topless. <laughs> I do have shorts on. I am not wearing a shirt. <laughs> My nipples are rubbing against the edge of my table, irritating them slightly. Is that why you had to get condoms? No. Unrelated. No. That's unrelated. Oh, my gosh. I don't use condoms. <laughs> Please. Uh, well, thank you wait, for wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Were the condoms for Brandon? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to comment on that. Oh, That's a okay. secret. You need to, you need to butt out. Um... <laughs> I am uh, recently. I just became a uh, uh, a gun owner, um, and I needed a holster for my Magnum. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, welcome to episode sixty-two, everybody. Holster for my Magnum. <laughs> oh, in case you missed it the first time. <laughs> Not doing anything. <laughs> Comedy comes in threes. Come on. Unless you ask us, people, so send us your emails, your memos. That's right. Ah, your your care pigeons. <laughs> I don't care. So today we are continuing our trek through the entire directorial career of Rob Zombie with our review of Halloween from 2007. Before that, I want to remind everyone, though, like Mark was talking about, we love to interact with you guys. So you can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We'd love to hear your comments, your questions, your corrections, or anything else you may want to share with us at any of those three ways of contacting us. You can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews uh, and podcasts at cinefessions.com. So another reminder, we have this awesome contest going on right now. So we only have one entrance so far, which means that your chances of winning are pretty damn high. So again, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this contest is only open to US listeners just because of that high cost of shipping. Oh. And I apologize to everyone who listens outside the United States. But that said, in order to enter this ARCS contest, email us at contact at or call and leave us a voicemail at that 1-302-448-8255, just like Chris Ranson did last week, and give us the name of a director uh, or a writer whose career you'd like to hear us discuss in a future potential podcast arc and explain why you chose that person. We're going to read through all those suggestions on upcoming episodes as they come in, and then pick our favorite out of the bunch at the end of the arc. So remember, the winner will be sent a Blu-ray copy of Sex World from Vinegar Syndrome. So it's an awesome prize, so make sure you enter. We're going to... Sex World? Yeah, hell yeah. Party time. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh, for I my see that coming. <laughs> for my. Oh, thank you. All yeah. right. Anyway, um, yes. So do that. Call in. Leave us a voicemail. Send us an email. And uh, even if you don't want to enter in for the contest, you're not uh, a listener from the states. Still, do the same and uh, give us that feedback and give us some uh, tips for future 
potential podcast stars. We'd love to hear them. So before we jump in here, if if it's okay with you guys, I want to indulge a little bit. So I, as you all probably know, I am a part of the uh, horror pack. I'm a horror pack subscriber as I post your yeah. videos. So last month I decided to do uh, like a live tweet of it. This time I just got the box today and I want to open it. Do you mind? Like right now? Yeah. Do you mind if I oh, open it real quick? My Mark condoms? Is that is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ignoring do Ash do and it. I'm doing it. <laughs> do it. Damn right. Do it. Oh my goodness. All right. I'm going to go through this really quickly and I will post photos on Twitter. You can follow me at PSYMIN1. First up, we have Scar 3D and it has like the, have you guys heard of this? I've, I've heard of this, but I've not seen it. Okay. It has a, a, it's like the old style Blu-ray, which God bless it. God bless it for that. It's like a, mean old style? Like the red and blue glasses. Oh, nice. <laughs> So that looks interesting as hell. It's like a low budget slasher film is kind of what it looks like to me. Uh, and then I've gotten Jeffrey Combs in Motivational Growth. Ain't It Cool News says it's unlike anything you've seen before. Looks Oof, like um, Attack of the it. Mold. That looks strange as hell. Oh, this is a classic film I already have. So I will be giving okay. this one away. This is Reanimator. Fucking nice, fantastic movie. So that's an awesome addition. Unfortunately, I already own it, but nonetheless, oh holy yeah. shit! And what do we have here, folks? Oh, my least Ooh. favorite. Can I, can, I, can I guess? Yes, please. Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. It was okay. our last podcast arc. My least favorite in the series, if I do recall. <laughs> Love this one for whatever I, reason. Acid. Saw five. Yes. Two disc director's cut on Blu-ray. So this is a really shitty month. Oh, wow. I, I'm going to be done with this. This is not a good month, man. Some two movies that aren't very good looking, at least. And then Reanimator, which is awesome, but I already own it. And then Saw 5, which, well, and more it, more giveaway. That's material. the reason why I don't sign up to this service, just because my collection is pretty extensive already. Yeah. And there's, I'm rolling the dice th that I probably already own most. And if I don't own them, it's there's a reason for it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I think Reanimator, awesome. Right. But who doesn't own Reanimator? Right. Saw 5, classic. Um, you know, everybody should have done a collection as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Scar, <laughs> classic. debatable. It'd be awesome if there's boobies in it because it's 3D. Right. And then uh, Attack of the Mole people. Um, <laughs> Basically. I've never, I've never heard Me of either. that before. Well, that was a disappointing month, so I'm glad I just got it done yeah. with because I'd have been very disappointed if I spent all that time recording a video for it. Oh, so, there, there. Thank you for letting me indulge. There, I appreciate there. you guys. I enjoyed it. It was like Christmas. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh. Disappointing. <laughs> 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 joking, not joking. <laughs> all right, so let's move over to the question of the week. So, as cinephiles such as ourselves, we, we all have moments in film that we just, we can't forget. Moments that are frozen in our minds because of how beautiful they are, how fucked up, how strange, how simply how memorable they are. Something about them. They are just frozen in your mind. So without thinking too hard about it, Ash and Mark, what is, 
kind of the, the first image from any movie that comes to mind. And just to be clear, I'm not talking about a full scene, rather one frame or, or if you could kind of put it into a GIF that you see online, something along those, something small. What image is etched into your memory for one reason or another? Is there anything that comes to mind for you? I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, first thing that popped up when you mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, to me, it's it's uh, John Carpenter's Christine. Okay. And it's the scene where he's trailing uh, one of the bullies, uh, which uh, the heavier one. Um, I forget it. Moochie. <laughs> so he's, uh, so he's uh, trailing Moochie in the dark. He doesn't know that the vehicle's behind mm-hmm. him. And then the lights go on. <laughs> And he disappears, or the vehicle just comes out of nowhere. Right. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna beat myself already and top that same film when Christine's on fire and driving down the the, the highway. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. to me, that's an even better shot. Oh, yeah. uh, so you know, that's the first that pops up in my mind because the car is iconic. Um, the film has a special meaning for me. I, I just love the film so much. Um, I'd love to have a car like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so yeah, just vehicles on fire. It's rolling. Nobody's inside. You know, uh, I think that's a, just that so cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's such a God, just such a great movie. I love that film. Yeah, me too. All right. And what about you, Ash? Anything that comes to mind? Um, one of the first movies that I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. I, it's it goes back to my sci-fi it, you know, where I kind of fell in love with sci-fi anyway was the first Star Wars movie um and it would be the shot over the planet but I think probably the most iconic for me is uh after they've blown the door out and they've stormed in and we see Darth Vader walk in for the first time through the smoke oh, okay and everyone's kind of you know standing to the side and saluting him and he just kind of surveys the damage as he walks in you know. Mm-hmm. That one right there for me, because I I grew up, I watched that movie probably two or three times a week uh, when <laughs> I was a kid. So, you know, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely a great shot. Yeah, for me, I mean, I have so many and I actually, I want to do an article, like kind of like my top 10 frozen in time moments. Um mm-hmm. And so I don't want to give too many of them away, but so I'll stick with one for right now. And and the one it has to be, so I was listening to another podcast recently and I kind of heard them, uh, you know, kind of taking a shit on this movie, uh, calling it, you know, film that the only reason people like this film is because it's quote unquote cool to like this film. It's a hipster film, blah, blah, blah. But there is a moment and I, I love the movie. Uh, there's a moment in The Artist. Have you got either of you guys seen that film? Uh, Black and white silent film from maybe 2010, 2011. I haven't seen that one. Okay. No, but I did see The Fardest with Brian Hossein. It's similar. Yeah. Very similar themes, I'm sure. Same tone, I hear. Right. Exactly. Um, But there is uh, a shot where the character is is walking in and and the background, not even really in focus, um, but you see the marquee. It says The Lonely Artist. And it... It, I mean, it brought me to tears. It is such a beautiful shot. I'm, I'm not too, I'm not afraid to admit that it brought me to tears. And just how 
stunning that shot was because of everything going on in this character's life right now. It was just so representative of of the of the artist, the titular artist. And uh, this just such the black and white cinematography on it and the way it's in the background, not in focus. They never spend any time on it. It's just there. The lonely artist in the background. I get chills just thinking about it. Um, so that that has to be one of my shots that really just made me uh, a a film fan fanatic for life. Absolutely. I got a question. Yeah. Um, when you got chills, were they multiplying? (laughs) God, I fucking hate grease. (laughs) (laughs) Were you losing control? So Did you get stupid. shocked in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> oh. Ash, what'd you do this week in media? Or life, it doesn't matter. Um, well, a lot of West Wing. I'm actually up to season five. Almost done with season five. Wow. Uh, How many I, seasons is there? Seven. Seven seasons. Okay. Uh, and I watched, I actually started Gotham. Um, oh okay. Because I, I, I a lot of I've like seen a lot of you know love or hate it type of things about the show. So I I was like, eh, I like Batman anyway. I'll give it a try. It's not great, but it's not as bad as I think. I kind I think I'm kind of firmly in the middle on it. It interests me more because I like the characters and the setting than anything that they're really doing with it. Um, but uh, I production wise, it looks great. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, I, I, am only 10, ep- yeah, yeah, I'm only 10 episodes into it, so I don't know, you know, how it goes from here, so we'll see. Awesome. I, I watched maybe the first episode, and I didn't, I, I liked it, I just haven't gone back to it since. Yeah, yeah I bailed about halfway through the season. Okay. I'm like, ah, oh, this is, yeah, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. They shouldn't have done a, a, a young Bruce Wayne, but more of a maybe teenager into manhood Bruce Wayne. Okay. And then I just don't like how they shoehorn all these villains. Like, oh, the Riddler used to work, you know, as a CSI guy uh, in Gotham PD. And <laughs> I wish it was more just like Gotham police dealing with some superpower than having the whole young Batman avenge my mom, my dad, uh, my promise to, uh, you know, I, that's, I, I, I just don't like it. Yeah. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I, I like Alfred. I like the guy that they got playing Alfred. Uh, so I, yeah, me too. He's cool. I, I love him as an actor. So I think that that's helping me a lot. I love the way he's, he's very different than, than they've portrayed Alfred in the past. I think. So Is he giving you chills? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to move on and it didn't happen. <laughs> no, I'm not going to let it slip. <laughs> oh. Well, I will I'll jump to my week. Is, was there anything else you had to add there, Ash? No, that was pretty much it. Yeah, this yeah. week has been just fucking busy, man. Yeah, uh Tuesday one of my one of my uh, coworkers the early shift, so my Oh, yeah. shot. Right. Yeah, Tuesday we uh, Bridget and I both had off, and so we ended up going to Cedar Point, which uh, was fun. But we got pretty much rained out because it started just downpouring around four o'clock, and so all the rides got shut down again for a couple hours. So we just bailed. But um, so we had to like drive my dog out to my parents' house Monday night, which they live about an hour away, and then did that on Tuesday, and then had to go pick her up Wednesday. Had to go grab our new iPhone six S pluses, which switching from the Galaxy has been a bit of a pain in the ass, and just kind of 
trying to get familiar with the iPhone interface again. And Mark, you're going to kind of do the exact opposite, mm-hmm. <laughs> learning the Galaxy or I'm sorry, the Samsung interface versus, you know, the iPhone. So good yeah. luck to you. But I think that Note 7 looks gorgeous. So uh, it's going to scan my irises. So I'm very excited for that. Hell yeah. It's got an iris scanner to unlock your phone. Yeah, that's I'm a- not sure how that's going to work glasses but oh yeah i'll take them off interesting mm-hmm. yeah other than i mean so because of that i by the time we got home tuesday i was able to watch smackdown um but that's about it i didn't get to see any of raw this past week which didn't sound like i missed much they blew the the main event of rusev versus reigns early for some reason they decided to do it on really? raw instead of SummerSlam. but whatever so, well so that match is on at SummerSlam at all i don't think so i haven't heard it no i think they just did it in raw for some reason Maybe I'm wrong, but because I, I haven't looked at the final SummerSlam card, but yeah, I mean, either way, I can't wait for SummerSlam. This Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. Saturday night yes. is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Two? Unfortunately, yeah. I have, I'm going to the Tigers game that night for my cousin's birthday, so I'll probably be only able to see the very tail end of it, um, but I'll probably just, when I get home, start from the beginning and watch it. Um, yeah, we're. Uh, I'm going to uh, a cancer fundraiser on Saturday night. It's a wrestling cancer fundraiser. Awesome. So uh, I got a whole bunch of friends from Toronto coming to town. We're going to go do that. And then we'll probably watch NXT or uh, Brooklyn in the morning, yeah. like Sunday morning. Type of thing. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So this weekend should be wrestling filled and fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. Speaking of wrestling, yeah. did you hear who got popped for the wellness policy today? <laughs> Eva Marie? I'm, is it part of Eva Marie. Is it part of the, like, the gimmick where something always happens that she can't wrestle? Like that's well. Yesterday it was uh, Del Rio and Paige. Yeah. You know, today it's Eva. Like, why did so, Paige get suspended? They didn't even say. No idea, but she got suspended on her birthday. Right. Yes, and it, it's not effective. How, how punk of them is that? I know. I'm wondering if it had anything to do with Del Rio because obviously they're you know dating. So I'm wondering if uh, maybe she voiced her opinion about his suspension and then got suspended or something. I I don't know. I haven't heard. Well, you know, Del Rio is legit married, so I think they're together just for Total Divas. Are you I serious? I could be completely I didn't wrong. Know that. Yeah. I thought they yeah. were dating. I, 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 well, I thought so too, right? But I think it's just for the TV show. Huh. I could be incorrect because I'm not there 24-7, right. but that's what I saw on Reddit that, yeah, they're just together for the TV oh, show okay. to make up drama. Huh. Well, yeah. yeah, anyway, that's interesting, but yeah, that's that's... All I really got to do this weekend, uh, this past week, it's just been it's been busy, so I haven't done too much. Uh, what about you, yeah. Mark? Actually, I watched quite a bit, yeah. uh, just because it's been uh, over a week since we uh, recorded, mm-hmm. because we did last Tuesday, now today's fr- uh, Thursday. Yeah. Um, and plus, I'm able to watch movies on my night shifts, just because nice. uh, it's, it's the very slow period. Um, so I'm going to go through them quick, just because I don't want to spend too much time on this, because we have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll go first time watch. I finally saw Creed, which I really dug. Very good. I've not seen That's, that. That's, I guess, Rocky Eight, I suppose, mm-hmm. but, uh, stands on its own. Very, it parallels the first one, I find. Okay. Um, but I liked it a lot. Um, one movie that I don't own, but a girl I, I work with, um, she picked out Meet Joe Black. I had never seen that before. Yeah, really? Yeah, I'd never seen it. Uh, liked it a lot, actually, uh, except for uh, Brad Pitt's haircut. He has bad 90s hair. Hmm. 
And it's kind of weird to watch a movie now, like we're like the late '90s or just the '90s in general is now retro. It's vintage because like not one person in this film had a cell phone, so they actually had to interact with each other, which was kind of neat, you know. Uh, so like this is pre-smartphone, so it was actually kind of cool to go back <laughs> to when I graduated from high school, <laughs> you know. Um, so actually, I really dug that, and it makes you actually want to seek out more '90s films that I've kind of like let go by mm-hmm. me just because you know because like i love my 80s movies and i just find you know in general the 90s wasn't that great of an era for film yeah um of course you got the great ones you know titanic saying Fred ryan blah 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 but i'm just like genre wise wasn't greatest <laughs> yeah obviously obviously there's exceptions but just like in the whole i think people have a more of a nostalgia feel for 80s films than they do for 90s films um, so I'm trying to, I think I'm going to start revisiting some old films. I just picked up Disturbing Behavior on Blu-ray. Even though I own the DVD, I wanted to get the Blu-ray. Um, so That's I think I'm going to start. Hell yeah. 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 So I think I'm going to start going back through some old nineties catalog films. Like I picked up Can Hardly Wait on Blu-ray a while ago. Never, unop- never opened it. Yeah. So just, I want to revisit those films. Um, so yeah, so Me Joe Black, I actually really liked. Um, again, because of my nineties fueled nostalgia right now. Mm-hmm. I rewatched The Last Action Hero. <laughs> oh, man. Which is awesome. <laughs> it is fucking awesome. I loved it back in the day when I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. It got poo pooed by the reviewers big time. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of his better 90s films. Well, it, it's, it's so self deprecating, too. Oh, yes. my God. He, he picks on himself so much. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. And, and, and just as an action film, it's pretty decent. Yeah. You know? As an action film, um, as if. You have to really be looking for the Easter eggs throughout because they scattered a ton of shit just related to like his movies all over the place. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's a lot of funny stuff. And the dialogue's so bad, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's so bad, it's good. But at the same time, too, like the cast is awesome. Yes. Uh, like, and plus, you know, they, they got, um, uh, they've got uh, Anthony Quinn as a bad guy, but and, you know, Alan McKellen's in it, Tom Noonan is in it, which is awesome. Uh, but w- one of my favorites, uh, Charles Dance. Yes, that's the first time I actually r- realized who he was when this is mo- was in this movie. Because I think I saw this before I saw Alien Three. Ah, okay. And Charles Dance is awesome in everything he does. Yes, and he is fat- like he eats some scenery in this movie as like the eighties nineties action bad guy. Yes, like. Um, watch it just for even if you hate Schwarzenegger which if you do why um, Charles Dance to me kind of makes the film you know yeah. one um, of my favorite moments in that movie is when he's out in New York City and he shoots that guy just to see what'll happen and no cops show up and he's kind of looking around and he's like <laughs> I've just shot someone <laughs> yes <laughs> awesome right and, and it's how yells down at him yeah shut up down there people are trying to sleep <laughs> And he's got like like this. Okay, let's do yeah, this. Look yeah. to his face, you know. Love it. Um, and even Austin O'Brien who plays the kid in the film. Can't say. Usually, I would hate a kid in that role. Like you know, uh, cop in. The, oh, what's that? Uh, that uh, Burt Reynolds movie, a Cop and a Half. Uh, this. You know where he, where he gets partnered with a young yep, kid, like Cop and a Half. Yeah. Usually, you hate the little kid's sidekick. Oh, I loved it. You know? I saw that in theaters though. I was young. Cop and a Half. Well, you were young. It's okay. Yeah. You didn't. <laughs> Um, like I, I even liked Austin O'Brien in this movie who played the kids. Like, there's really not a bad scene. All the chicks in this film, 
uh, the, are hot because it's a movie, you know. All the guys are studs. Cartoons are teamed up with actions. Like it's awesome. If you've never seen it, check it out. Don't read the reviews. Go see it for yourself. <laughs> so I watched that. I went to the drive-in for the first time in over a decade. Nice. There's there's a local drive-in, so I uh, saw Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see Suicide Squad over the weekend. I forgot that. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, you saw it? Okay, cool. So we can uh, we'll talk not spoilery just because right. um I I liked it, but I also like Batman versus Superman. Yep, so me to me, same kind of tone. So I liked. I did. I'm not a huge Will Smith fan. I liked Will Smith as Deadshot. Oh, he, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I did like um, him in this. Yeah. I, I, I like thought Will it was Smith, though usually. So. Me too. In general, yeah. I thought there was too much Harley Quinn. What the hell? You, you smack your fucking mouth for me. Dude, How dare she you? Became, she became annoying. Oh, like, my okay, God. I'm I, and I'm like, she, okay, she's it. psychotic. She's psychotic. Yeah. But she's not a fucking super villain. Like, she doesn't have superpowers. So how can all these uh, army guys get their asses kicked, but she with a fucking bat can can be to the, on par with these things that they were fighting? Because she's a badass. It's just. Oh, whatever. She's the, well, yeah. she's a fucking former. She, she used to date Joker. She has to be worried about stuff flying at her and being able to dodge out of the way. I, I, I don't know. I just like I liked her and I liked uh, the actress uh, Margot Robbie. Kate, Margot Robbie. That's it. I liked her as um, as uh, Harley Quinn. I just thought there was too much of a focus on her and not enough of a focus on you know Captain Boomerang. And uh, I did like. Um, uh, uh, fuck! Uh, Kill a croc looked pretty cool, but again, he was there just to like s- to swim, mm-hmm. you know. Like a lot of these guys, they picked was like for a sole purpose in the film. Yep. Was mostly hated, did. That was one of the things I hated. Was I think it was a Slipknot that they brought in just to die. I'm like, that was. Oh yeah, it's like it's yeah, like but, they brought him in so late. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna be the one that's gonna push it and have his head blown off. And oh, right. look. at the same time, I kind of dug that because I'm like, huh, okay, gloves are off, nobody's safe. Yeah, I, no, you know? I did like that. Yeah, um, I loved the sorceress in her role in this movie. Yeah, I wish there was. I more. thought she was. Pr- it was pretty cool. I did like Enchantress. Yeah. Oh, Enchantress. I'm sorry, Enchantress. I'm, see, I'm not too familiar with the DC villains that you know. I I, I don't know who she's a villain with usually. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I'm more, I'm more just a Batman guy, and I don't think she's a Batman villain. Well, Maybe no, they've tangled. I think it, she, she was in like a couple of like the Twisted Tales stuff, like that. I think you know the, those type of comics for a while, and okay. then they brought her into Suicide Squad in the and the okay. same role that she was in the film. It's just the Enchantress didn't take her over quite so fast. Like they ran okay. around with Suicide Squad for a while before that happened to her. Yeah, so I didn't expect uh, what she does in the movie. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I have a problem with that because she's a bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like Amanda Waller for what she oh, is. Amanda Waller um, is badass. I, oh, my God. Yeah. And who else is badass that's getting shit on a lot is fucking Joker. Jared Leto. He was awesome as a psychotic Joker, you know? He's an anarchist. He's just fucking nuts. And I really liked him. And I wish there was more of Joker in the film. I liked him as well. Um, Joker out of it, so yeah. they might have a lot of the deleted scenes on the DVD. Right. Well, apparently Leto's legit pissed that he, mm-hmm. I guess uh, he was told he'd be more prominent in the film, yeah. and he was cut out a lot. So you know, just wait for the Blu-ray release. There'll be an extra thirty to forty-five minutes, which I'll happily watch because yeah. I didn't think it was a bad film. I really didn't. No, not at all. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, so then that was a double feature with Lights Out, which I thought was a snooze fest. Oh, um, that's disappointing. The, 
principle is like the, 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 the idea, awesome as a short story or as a short film, pardon me, feature length, I, it did not hold up at all. I was bored to tears. Reminding me of like a mid 2000s J horror remake. Mm. It just didn't do anything for me, but you know, I've seen a lot of horror stuff. Um, so I'm so desensitized. Right. Nothing was scary for me, you know. Um, again, good idea. I just didn't think it was scary, you know. Um, and then the next day, I think it's the day you went to the to the carnival or to the Cedar park. Point? Yeah. See the point. Um, it rained like crazy here as well. Okay. So me and Melissa went to go see Star Trek Beyond. Oh, think, very good. Which I loved oh, it. Yeah. Good. Um, I think it was poorly marketed. Yes, terribly um, marketed. Oh my god. To me, like, and I liked the second one a lot, and I still think uh, Beyond is better than Into Darkness. Yeah. Still think the original, like, the Star Trek, the first one, is probably the best, but I I thought Beyond was awesome. Uh, McCoy had more scene time. Um, it was like an Away Mission TV episode, really, which I dug. Uh, I had no problems with the film whatsoever. Um, again, they used Sabotage. In a fa- I, I got goosebumps. I got, you know, I got the motherfucking chills. When they played sabotage, <laughs> okay, like I, 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 I legit, my body t- got goose pimples. I was, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Um. Again, I don't want to spoil it because I really want people to go see this movie, even though it's probably leaving theaters because it's been almost. A I month. love. I do um, love the joke, though. I, I, I do have to talk about the joke that McCoy makes when he hears it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McCoy's like, is, yeah. is that classical music? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, it works. Uh, the makeup—that's the thing. The makeup is awesome, but like Idris Elba plays the villain in this film. I did not know that until the very end because I couldn't. I I just didn't know. Yeah, they did a uh, really the voice, good makeup job on him. Holy crap! Yeah, it was like it was like practical and CGI kind of mixed together. You know, um, yeah, I had no clue he was in the movie up until like the end. So, yeah, uh, and that's not a spoiler at all. It's just he was covered in makeup the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was wondering um, if that was. And then I realized no, it's, that it's, it's just – it's yeah. not because you, you you just don't know. Exactly. Even the voice, I didn't I didn't correspond with the voice at all. Um, so, again, I'm going to go quickly here. Uh, I watched Keanu. Oh, my God. I want to see that yet. I have not yet. Uh, I, I didn't laugh out loud. Oh. But I did like, ha, huh, that was funny, mm-hmm. you know? Um, a lot of racial humor. <laughs> Again, funny, but I, I don't think I burst out laughing, but it was very funny. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, I laugh at fucking virtually everything, so I'm sure I'd enjoy it, but. Yeah, so um, I, I do suggest people to go check that out. Um, I rewatched Star Trek Force Awakens just because uh, I felt like it. Last one, which I watched on the 16th, today's with the 18th, so two days ago, I bought on Blu-ray, Highway to Hell from 1991. With Chad Lowe and Christy Swanson. Okay. About, they're a couple, they're heading to Vegas to, to elope, and a fucking hell cop stops them and just takes her. Huh. And then it's about him going to hell and getting her back. <laughs> Chad Lowe sucks in this role. The movie itself is fun, but it is dated. For some reason, the Stillers show up. Ben Stiller, his dad, and his mom, <laughs> they have big parts in this movie. <laughs> There's commentary by the director, which I want to listen to just because I don't know why. Like, I just need to know more about the film. It is weird. It's fucking weird, but I liked it. And the hell cop, his makeup is badass. Bald guy with, like, satanic runes 
carved into his face, into his flesh. Um, it's, 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 it's badass. For 1991, it's pretty awesome. It reminds me of like the direct-to-video um, horror films, kind of like the Trimark films. Um, so uh, I I um, recommend it if you're curious. <laughs> it's it's a weird one. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I've watched, which I guess is a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. But it's been nine days, so, you know, I always do. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I guess that's our week in the world of media and otherwise. So let's jump over to our review of Halloween from 2007. So as always, there will be spoilers for this film and chances are high that there will be spoilers for Halloween or for rather uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Reject. So just keep that in mind as we move forward here. So if you've not seen Halloween, make sure you stop the podcast now, watch that film and then come on back and hit play. So Halloween is obviously written and directed by Rob Zombie. It currently has an IMDb score of 6.1 out of the 88,142 votes, a Metacritic score of 47, a tomato meter of 25%, which blows my mind, and an audience score of 59%. Has a budget of $15 million with a gross of $58.2 million. So over twice the budget of his last two films, but over three and a half times the gross of The Devil's Rejects. So... What do you guys think I originally gave this film? Because I did score it originally. Okay. 10 out of 10? Uh, I want to say uh, 9.75. <laughs> I don't think that's possible on there. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I originally gave this an 8 out of 10. What? No. Oh, that's low. Yeah. That's low. Yeah. So, so Ash, what is your history with... to tarnish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ash, what's your history with Halloween? Uh, I didn't see this until it came out on uh, DVD and I rented it. Okay. So I've seen it a couple times. Okay. And what about you, Mark? What's your history with Halloween? Well, I remember starting it with uh, my friends uh, Pat and Sherry back in Winnipeg. Uh, shout out to Pat and Sherry if you're listening. <laughs> uh, and if you're listening and you want to send us a voicemail message, I might send you Avatar. Next time I go to Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember watching it. Usually when I go to their place for horror movie night, we get hammered. Um, so I remember starting it and I passed out. So mm-hmm. re-watching it this week really feels like the first time I've ever seen that Okay. Film. Yeah. Interesting. Now, as some of you might know, there is a four and a half hour making yeah. of documentary that yeah, the, uh, the get uh, with this. half hour long interview with zombie uh, on the main disc that I have was plenty. I don't need a four and a half hour behind the scenes. <laughs> Mark, did you try to dive into that at all? I no, just because uh, I didn't want to, because I'm afraid that was like quicksand that I'd be forced to finish. Right. it. <laughs> now, because it is four and a half hours, I kind of do want to watch right. it because I want to know How? what they you know yeah. the four and a half hours. It's like it's like the you could make the commentary on on that though that the people when Titanic came out made. You know the boat sinks. You know what's the point? Yeah, I, you know, yeah. The movie got um, made. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it's just an hour of Sherry Moon butt cleavage. Um, I don't know. I don't mind that. Uh, I, I did listen to the commentary track. I did too. Uh, 
Um, just because uh, I wanted to do something, and I, I just find regular special features kind of boring. So, uh, yeah, I really want to do the four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I might still, after the fact, yeah. because I'm just curious, I just didn't think I'd have enough time from watching the film, watching the commentary, uh, and then another four and a half hours of this. I feel like probably I, I would have gone into burnout mode and just hate the film just on principle of the length of time it takes for me. So. Yeah, I could do that. You know, I did, I watched the commentary and I'm not sure that I'll watch a commentary with just one person anymore. It wasn't bad, but it's like, I don't know. I like the commentaries when there's banter back and forth and they're talking about things that went on as opposed to just yeah. matter of fact, yeah. this is what happened to him and this is how we did this. This scene took forever to film, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's what I liked about the, uh, yeah. that, that's what I liked about the aliens commentary uh, on the, on the 20, on that, on the the quadrilogy blu-ray thing mm-hmm. yeah um because they would it was like it was always a group of people like you had carpenter and like two producers and then like you know a couple other producers that were sitting in a room with somebody separate and then like some of the cast and and you know so it was like mixed you know or not carpenter uh cameron um but yeah, yeah. they you know so it, it was mixed and they would flip between them when they actually had something to say so it was kind of neat that way i yeah, I tried watching one of the Transformers movies with the commentary, and I think it was just Michael Bay. And it's basically, you know, it's basically just <laughs> tune out the volume and then listen to Michael Bay talk about how awesome he is at making Transformers yeah. movies. Look, everybody, I gave this Transformer ball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I turned um, it off like twenty minutes in. I'm like, no, I, I'm not listening to him talk about this anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for me list, uh, watching the two and a half hour um, making of of Devil's Rejects, yeah, they did have two commentary tracks on that uh, DVD that I had. One of just zombie, and then one with Hag, uh, Sherry Moon, and Mosley. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I would have listened to that one, but after two and a half hours of like, okay, this is day one of filming to this is day three of filming, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to watch this a third time. <laughs> yeah. So jumping into this one, I, I mean, right from the start, it got me because it starts off with a with a quote from Doctor Samuel Loomis, which I love, and actually it, it, that quote is from this book that he yeah. wrote, which I wish that was a real book because I would absolutely read it. You're such a fanboy. I am. Oh my god. Such a <laughs> I love Loomis. How do you? Were, not? You, were you watching this movie in Spanker Vision? Oh god, I don't like where this is heading already. <laughs> How many chills did you give this movie? <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> oh my god. Why why bother? Y'all are just haters. You, you know what? Hey, no, no, no. I, I happen care. to like this movie, okay? Good. That's hilarious. Um, I, I just, you know, you just you just open yourself up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I expose myself and this is why you this is what you do. Man, oh this man. is this is what friends do. We both. <laughs> um, so, I thought William Forsyth was excellent in his role as Ronnie, just because he is just this vulgar, disgusting prick, and in the way he talks about his girlfriend's daughter. I mean, what the wow. first time I watched this movie, the first time I watched this, when Michael straps him down and slits his throat, yeah, I cheered. <laughs> I, I like, know. Yes. Right. Yeah. I the first time I watched it, um, I started hate watching the movie mm-hmm. just because I'm like right off the bat, 
it's so vulgar. I'm like, this yeah. is not a devil's rejectsy type of movie. Why are we being so vulgar? You know? Um, because to me, it was like right off the bat, it's the same. It's a zombie. You know, it's a zombie film because yeah. so far, it's like all his films have the same tone. That's what I was going to say. It's it's and not it, a Halloween film. It's a Rob Zombie no. film. And you know what? That turned me off right off the bat. Oh, I don't mind. I, yeah. See, I enjoy his films, as we know from the last couple of weeks here. And so I, I don't just because, like, like legit, who speaks like that? Like, who talks like that? White trash America? Uh, Jersey. People from Jersey. But, to me, it feels very <laughs> forced. Like, this is so scripted. You know, it's like. Uh, oh, you know, I does you look like today I fucking ran come off your mom's crack at you know like nobody talks like that ah and I do though I, just, I feel you, like um, maybe not in Canada you guys are a lot like better people yeah I but I knew people when I was growing up that talk like that yeah, you know? yeah. to me it's it's just like it, it got me on the wrong foot mm. it really did now I will admit um. Watching it a second time with commentary, mm-hmm. and a lot of the notes I have is really from the first half of the film, um, just because I hated the first time, and then when Zombie explained himself a bit, it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Like the way, he, the reason why he said it was so vulgar at the beginning, because he believed, uh, I guess lower class people spoke like that in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of horror movies, and I've seen a lot of seventies films, and I don't remember people. Speaking like that, well, no, like that's... just to me, he, he zombifies his, his 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 characters a lot. You know, um, I just it was kind of it was too crass for me right off the bat. Hmm. Well, and but the thing is, though, you didn't really get a lot of a lot of the vulgarity and stuff until the eighties. On film, you're talking, yeah. I mean, right, really. I mean, I mean, our rating was usually. Like violence or blood or gore or whatever, you know, you didn't get a lot of a lot of swearing until like the eighties when they were just like, you know what, fuck it, let's go to town. But even like Last House on the Left, which you know, it's a movie that really kind of repulses me. Mm-hmm. Just because, and I've only seen it the one time, just because I'm kind of grossed out. Krug, did he even like he didn't speak in this fashion? Did he? I don't remember. No, I, I really I, don't. Him being so crude, he didn't, and, and I, I, you know, so you know, again, he's cranking it up to ten because yep. that's what zombie does. Exactly. But just right, right out of the gate, I'm like, ugh. But at the same time, I can't compare his film to Carpenter's as much, even though it's kind of the same. But it's not; it's his take on it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like the polish he put on the film right out of the gate. The polish he put on the film. Like the vulg- vulgar polish, or like the the sheen. Well, he, his his stamp, you know, like he okay. put a trans stamp on Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, he put a trans stamp on you know on film that says tramp stamp. You know, like that's his level that he's at, and I just ah. Uh, uh, hmm. To me, I, I didn't like it. And I'm a huge Halloween fan, right? Oh, yeah. So me maybe too. that's why I took maybe offense to it so much. Yeah. And I shouldn't because this is not Carpenter. Right. But – I think what's uh, so great is is he's clearly – and even when you listen to the commentary track, you can – to me at least, it comes off that he's very – like he is a lover of the original. He's very respectable of the original. And he throws in – so many homages and so many things that are like straight from the original that like people like us are going to catch 
when we watch it yeah. and and I love those little aspects of it. So I thought he respects okay. I thought I feel like he respects the original enough but is able to take it in his direction which I enjoy his direction. So Yeah, it, honestly this is like Halloween of the Thousand Corpses. Okay. That's my that's my take that's, on it just that's fine because by me. I don't know. You know. Um but that said though it gets better. Um but you know what? I'll go my final that, that's like a final thought comment. So mm-hmm. I'll let's go through and then we'll we'll discuss that after. Okay. Yeah, I thought so you were talking about how it it came off as fake to you and we talked yeah. earlier uh, maybe the first episode of this arc how I think maybe Ash and I agreed that we thought you might like I could be mixing up who thought what, but somebody here might like um, Sherry Moon Zombie better in Halloween than they have previously. I did, and I actually yeah. I like her much more in this. Okay, you were the ones that, yeah. that you were saying that with me, yeah. But actually, watching it this time, especially yeah. in the beginning here, I thought she was the most kind of the most difficult to watch. Her lines came off as is fake. The I don't the way she was just saying them just sounded oh. unrealistic to me. Well, to me, it was their back and forth felt unrealistic. Yes. Like I, I think both of them are are uh, guilty of I don't know what to call it, but just fake. It's just fakeness. That's interesting you because know? it was just her for me. I liked Forsyth. I really? thought he was excellent. Well, see, yeah. See, I love Forsyth, and I just think he was a fucking scumbag in this one. And I'm like, but, I, I just couldn't believe. I couldn't. I couldn't believe his uh, his portrayal. Okay, but same thing with her in regards to his his back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Just that first scene in the kitchen. I'm like, ugh. And then the fact the way he speaks to uh, about her daughter yeah. and like she she might have thrown something at him or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I remember, but like she actually takes that. Obviously, she's you know she's a victim of domestic abuse and you know. But that, I don't mean we want to open that can of worms, but you know what I mean. Like she, she's obviously a victim in this relationship. You know, she's being taken advantage of by this guy. You know, she works a crappy job. Um, you know, he's he's taking full advantage of her and her accommodations. Mm-hmm. Um, really, she's a victim, and I feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for him at all. Again, right. I was happy as well when he the gig is throat slit. Yeah. Um, I feel completely i felt horrible for her the whole time i watching it this time the the opening sequence here with the whole breakfast thing it this whole thing the it wasn't even the vulgarity it was just the griminess it, it, well this, this whole scene right here was probably the only scene in the movie that felt forced and like kind of like yeah. they didn't know quite how to shoot it or yeah, acted okay. out, and and then yeah. it gets better after that. But like the 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 opening sequence here is kind of like it's really rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I would too. And and how did what did you guys think? I don't I don't have any of the car- actors' names in front of me, so I apologize. Um, but the the boy who played young Michael. Yeah. What did you? Uh, that would be man uh, Daig D A E G yes. Farish yeah. Daig Farish. What did you think I, don't I know pronounce that right? creepy okay i i did not like him but it worked see um yeah i thought he was creepy yeah and and to me i thought he sure looked the part yes they did a great job that aspect 
but his acting bugged the hell out of me in a number of different spots. Sometimes he was he was fine. Once he got to the hospital, I thought he was fine, but kind of at at points before that when he was supposed to like give off that creepy vibe or I don't he was just yeah. trying too hard and it was just I don't there were some moments that really bugged me about him, but I thought once he got to the hospital, he kind of sank into this to his role a little better. Well, that's because he's saying less and less as well. <laughs> that's true, right? And I think the less he speaks, the better. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I didn't really like the I like the look, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes you know, kid actors just oh man, I kill this rubs you the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like uh, right. I just don't like the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think the more he became more muted, more Michael Myers esque. Yeah. I think the better he was because he could express more with his face, even though he's covered in the mask, mm-hmm. better than he did at the beginning. Right. Well, I wonder, too, because um, this is the first time Rob Zombie's directed to co- a kid, if I remember right, because they, they weren't. They didn't have yeah, no, I think you're right. Movie. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so I think that might be part of it, like, like especially if they filmed this in order. Uh, he got more comfortable with taking direction from him or directing him. One of the two. Mm-hmm. I think that might be part of it too. It's it's possible, yeah. What I found interesting is like the reason why William Forsythe's character, uh, I think Donnie was his name. Yeah, um, Ronnie. So he's I in a will. Ronnie, pardon me, Ronnie. I, I said okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> the, re- the reason why he's in in a, ch- a wheelchair or why he's always sitting right. is because I guess he got into a skiing accident before filming started <laughs> and broke his leg. Right. But I do think the whole cast and injuries mm-hmm. works to the advantage of the character. Yeah, you know, just dirty um, it, it, somehow. Yeah, and plus, you know, he's got like the "fuck you" on his cast and things right. like that. Yeah, it just really shows the type of person he really is. Yeah. So I think that actually helps a lot. I never got and the fact that oh, go I'm ahead. sorry, I didn't mean to. I just want to say real quick, I never got that he was in a motorcycle accident until I listened to the commentary track. That that's what was wrong with his character. I just missed it in the dialogue every time I've seen the film. I guess. If it's there, Honestly, yeah, I, I got that he was I, in I an saw... accident. I didn't know he was uh, that something happened to him. I figured he like did something stupid at work or or got oh, so they never actually say okay. Uh, yeah. I might have been faking workers' comp. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, oh, I got a neck brace, but then you see me lifting forty pounds. You know what I mean? Like that, I can believe that with this character because he's scummy. He probably needs a good shampoo. <laughs> uh. So one of the most uh, iconic characters from Halloween for me has to be Donald Pleasance as Loomis. Yes. Um, and there's there's no way you can replace him because Pleasance is absolutely perfect. He is brilliant as Sam Loomis. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't love Malcolm McDowell here. I think he does an excellent job with an absolutely iconic horror role. I think he did okay for the shoes that were left behind for him. Um, I did not like him as young Malcolm McDowell with the longer hair. I'm like, oh, I liked it. Um, honestly, I, I'm not the biggest Malcolm McDonald, uh, McDowell fan. Why? How? I, 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 I just don't. <laughs> I, I, I just don't like the guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what did you say, Daddy? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't like his acting very much. Oh man! Um, See, I love him, him compared he, to he, he, 
Uh, see, I loved him as like a villain. Uh, he's probably my favorite part of Star Trek Generations, just because he's actually like you know he's actually actually got a good decent actor for that part. But uh, and the rest of the movie kind of sucks. But uh, it, it, I think he's pretty good here as Loomis. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hard to recreate a character that's so beloved. Um, I think he does better later on. Um, after he leaves, uh, Michael, uh, but I thought during his care with Michael and like from, from the time you meet him up until he leaves him, um, I just, I, I, I just, I, I can't separate the two. And I know that's bad. Um, but I just see Donald Pleasance doing the role better than Michael, uh, than Malcolm. Um, yeah. I'm, mm. I'm in the minority here. I just didn't like him in this role. Okay, here's a, and I'm glad he died at the okay, end. Well, here's a question. Um, <laughs> the beginning, obviously, the beginning, like, third of the movie is basically new because the original Halloween really didn't touch on what happened to Michael's family other than he murdered them all. Right. I mean, yeah. we barely, I don't remember if we see much of all of it at, at all in the original, do we? Well, we just no. see him killing... Uh, like you have the shot outside, then he, you know, that steady cam shot, that iconic steady cam shot, and then yeah. he walks in the house, kills the the sister, and then walk and walks back outside. And then the parent the parents come yep. home, Michael, Michael, and yeah. then they scream, and then we're cut to whatever out. years later. Exactly right. Okay, yeah, I'm wondering if maybe maybe uh, we're looking at it. You know, see, I happen to like the build up to it. I like mm -hmm. I like the fact that we get to see Michael as kind of as Zombie put it in an interview on the on the on the disc that I watched. Um, he he makes Michael into kind of like the classic Hollywood monster as opposed to just the the shape. Um, he you actually kind of understand where Michael's coming from with this. So I kind of like yeah. this aspect of it, but I'm wondering if you know it's not something we're used to seeing with the Halloween films at all. I mean, really. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's kind of coloring it a little bit. Well, we'll see, like, the first 55 minutes of the film is the lead-up to, you know, uh, you know, 15 years later right. when he breaks out, right? Um, I, I actually, after watching it a second time, I do like... I didn't like the build-up at first. Second time I watched it with commentary, actually, I did like the build-up. Um, I think it's tragic what happens. I just don't like... Uh, Michael McDowell, okay, okay. but I do like the journey, uh, the the path he does take to become this new giant killer. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just don't like some of the uh, casting decisions. That's all. Okay, fair enough. So I, the makeup effects when young Michael is beating up the bully, uh, mm -hmm. we get this uh, zombie likes watching, likes filming people getting beat up with pieces of wood because we had this in the last film also. Yeah. Um, and it's very violent <laughs> and we literally see the bully take his last breath, which is just so fucked up. Um, I think that's such a, a powerful scene there. Um, and just the makeup effects are so interesting. Uh, the way it's almost like the blood is, is almost black on his face and just gives his, this strange look. It looks really real. Yeah. It's uh I, I did like the blood splatter on the bully. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it looked very realistic. Yeah. Um, it looked, again, to me, it looked very zombie-esque because he likes to show his blood. Right. I like how it pooled. 
Um, same thing down the line later on when we uh, see. Uh, oh shoot, what's her name uh, from the uh, from four and five? Uh, Danielle Harris. Danielle Harris. Uh, when she gets all banged up, I thought the, the blood uh, splatter on her, the way it pooled in her neck and stuff, looked really cool too. Um, oh so yeah. So I'd like. He does that very well. Like his attention to detail is actually pretty decent. Absolutely. And and his again, I sound like a broken record when I'm talking about him uh, with his films, but his use of licensed music, I really liked again yes. in this film. Yes. Uh, the first time I uh, that he used it and I loved it was when he's playing Love Hurts mm-hmm. over yeah. the montage of the boy just sitting on the on the step on the port or whatever the curb and yeah. um, Sherry Moon doing the striptease. Is there a sadder song for stripper to strip to than Love Hurts? <laughs> like, seriously. If there is, I haven't heard it. And you know what's funny? <laughs> is, is that- my, w- my wife says R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> oh. Oh. Suck it to me, suck it to me. Um, what I find funny is that um, her scenes of her stripping, they're supposed to be spliced while he's at school. Um, in like in class mm-hmm. so she's actually a nooner stripper she's a daytime stripper originally in the film yeah they just put her scenes at the end while he's uh supposed to be trick-or-treating with his sister to make it even sadder yeah they said but, it felt like a, a nighttime scene yeah so she's a nooner stripper which is <laughs> even more pathetic and oh, i was like man. you're not stripping to like nobody at night to nazareth Right. You should have been doing that during people's lunch breaks. (laughs) Oh, cry me a river. Man. Something that's, I think, done really, really well during young Michael's kills uh, of the family members and whatnot uh, is the Mm -hmm. sound editing because it's almost like uh, in point, it's almost like a silence, but you still hear like the beating going on or or the the moaning or whatever the case is. Uh, It's just, the way that it's put together, it just really drove home the, the brutality of his actions. Yeah. Yeah, it, it made it that, you know, this is not uh, like this could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like zombie real life. Right. You know? So I'm going to make it I'm going to make it uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know like you're going to cheer the kills, but you also have to live through them. You know, <laughs> exactly. What did you guys catch the song that uh, his sister was listening to on the headset? Before he killed her? Oh, um, Don't Fear no. the Reaper, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, um, so were good. you guys surprised by the nudity in this film? Yeah, there was a ton of nudity in this. I did not expect one, his sister to be naked. Right. Because she looked young, she, I guess. Do you know how old she was when she filmed this? No. 23. Really? Can you fucking believe that? No. I know. I, she, I, she, young. she felt... She looks like seventeen. Yeah, her face. You know is, what I mean? Has she just has a baby face? That's yeah. actually the girl from uh, Forrest Gump. It really? was Forrest Gump's girlfriend when she was much younger. Yes. <laughs> I thought I thought that was Robin Wright Penn. Wow, she really changed. <laughs> <laughs> um. So between that and then seeing Daniel Harris naked, which I don't know if she's been naked in other films. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised to see her naked because yeah. I think she's very attractive. Absolutely. Um, I didn't feel as creeped out as the sister right. when I saw it because that was just okay. I guess there's nudity in Halloween now, right? You know? 
Um, but at the same time, there's nothing in the original. There so is. what am I saying? Yes, there is. What am I saying? Yeah, I, I guess because I've seen so many times, it's classic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either one of them lights a candle to PJ Souls, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was just, I was just surprised by the nudity just because the actresses, you know, they were, PJ Souls seems a little older, you know, than her character in the yeah. original. Mm-hmm. These girls seemed, at least uh, the sisters seemed very age close to the character. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Um, and like the Linda playing the PJ Souls role, essentially, I mean, yeah. she's full frontal, fully nude yes. for an extended period of time. I mean, I'm wow. sorry, but there's no way girls had landing strips back in the 70s. Like, <laughs> no. You had full bush, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, like, thank you, zombie, for that aspect. Right. Uh, but yeah, full frontal. I'm like, oh, am I watching uh, my bloody Valentine 3D? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was expecting the full frontal. Right. You know? And, Har- and like, like, Harris is like... Guys, can I be serious for a second? Absolutely. We shouldn't expect full frontal. So if it happens, it's a gift. <laughs> and I'm <gonna> <laughs> oh man, yeah, and like Daniel, like uh, Daniel Harris, r- like running around in topless. It's just, it's yeah. just crazy. It's but so cool. I got my Daniel Harris. I absolutely love Daniel Harris. She is right above my head in uh, photo form with him, uh, her autograph on it. Got to meet her at a horror convention. Yeah, she's super nice and gorgeous. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, I have yet to meet her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a Halloween 5 poster waiting to get signed. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, She's so great uh, in those. She's much younger, but she's awesome in those. She does such a great job. And she's awesome in Hatchet, in the Hatchet series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to meet her. Yeah, she was very cool. So... Hi, Daniel Harris. Yeah, I love your films. I saw your boobies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought um, it was interesting because going back to the sister's death. Um, yeah. I feel like her death was the most personal. With the other two, he it was kind of broader. This one was very small and intimate with that kind of that shorter knife. And then following her down the hallway and finishing her off, all while wearing this Michael Myers mask. I mean, like the mask is has the facial features of a man, but the hands yeah. that are doing it are, are the hands of this boy. I mean, it's just uh, it's such a just crazy that. image. The fact that he gropes her before he kills right, her, right? Yeah. That oh, makes yeah. Uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, Michael, that's your sister, yep, dude. Exactly. No, that makes it like you, it, you, you you're screaming, you're squeaming in your seat, yep, or squirming in your seat uh, because of like. Ah, dude, that's no. Because then you think I would, if I don't know this, you know, if I don't know her sister, I would never like. Ah, right, right. Uh, and and then he stabs her, and it's yeah. like, all right, here we go, here we go. <laughs> like, sure, you know, uh, Ronnie deserved it. Mm-hmm. Sister did nothing wrong. Yeah. She's just being a horny teenager. Exactly. But he doesn't understand that he's a preteen. Yeah. There's a shot after that where um, the camera kind of pans over and it's uh like the the crime scene the police are all standing there the spotlight's going uh, but they're kind of all in in a still shot and then the camera moves to the police car with michael in it and he yeah. just turns and looks at the camera right before he goes to the the penitentiary or the prison whatever the hell he is at the tension that center that's a very cool shot i have a question for you guys yeah maybe it's just me up here in canada yeah but let's say you're you're in your teens mm-hmm. you just had sex with uh, the girl you're with at her house yeah would you ever go into their kitchen to make a sandwich? I mean, if I was I, hungry. 
Would no. you really? Would Would you go and make a like maybe grab a bag of chips, go back upstairs, right? <laughs> right. But to sit down and start making a sandwich in somebody's in a in like in a stranger's kitchen. I think that's to me just a, a great representation of who that person is. Well, who that character is. Well, my wife says that she's had a guy do that to her before. So really, <laughs> I find that so like. It's like, shit, man, you're eating my cold cuts? You, you, you have, <laughs> just had my ham, now you want some turkey? You know? <laughs> you know who's a turkey here? I am, you know? That's yeah, hilarious. To, to me, that is so odd. Like, just to go in somebody's fridge and raid it. Exactly. Like, what? Ah, anyways. Um, the, one of, I think, the better aspects of the film is Danny Trejo's character. Because... Mm-hmm. Zombie uses this character as as a device. Um, he's because he Michael ends up killing him, and you know it's just that his death is meant to affect us and just show how terrifyingly like inhumane Michael's acts are when he starts killing. Um, and yeah. I think even though it is a device, I think it's used really intelligently there, and I think it's done really well. Because every time his character dies, I get pissed off. I want it to be different every time I watch the film because yep. he's yeah. genuinely nice to Michael. He's compassionate to Michael. Yes. He's been his buddy for the last 16 plus exactly. years. Exactly. And Michael has no hesitation in killing him. Worse yet, he says that he's only three months away from retirement. Yeah. Oh, it's just, man. And I'm like, why, why didn't they cast Danny Glover in it? Since <laughs> that, <you know? laughs> Because Danny Glover was was you know associated with the Saw movies, so yeah, there we go. There we go. One slasher franchise per person. That's right. Damn it. Um, uh, something I, I wanted to to bring up, which I find very funny here. You know the bully who does get killed. Yeah. Which you'll know because you said the commentary, but yep. I. So they were filming the school scenes in a real school during <laughs> class during yeah. session. So they had to film while kids were in class because that bully kept getting mobbed by the students, <laughs> which I had no clue why. But right. he's the main guy in Spy Kids. Oh, that's where I've which, seen him from. Okay, that was so yeah, funny I, to me. I, I never saw. I never watched Spy Kids, so I, 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 I you know, I didn't make the recollection. Yeah, I just but yes, I guess he kept getting mobbed by all the <laughs> students because while they're in the school, you know, and uh, they're all Spy Kids fans. So I thought it was kind of funny. Absolutely, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Can we talk about um the other scene that I was that really grossed me out? I'm sure we film? can, yeah. Can we talk about that now, guys? We're ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. What scene? So prior to uh the death of uh of um shit, what's his name? That we just talked about. Uh, Trejo. Trejo, yeah. Right? The, oh the rape scene. The rapes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. What the fuck was like again, this is zombie adding his his devil's rejectsy characters to the film. Right. You know? Um I was completely disgusted by the rape scene of the female inmate by the two orderlies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um now zombie said in his commentary that I guess in the 70s and 80s this was a possibly more common occurrence because there was no there was less st- structure Security. I guess yeah. well just it just I guess it happened mm-hmm. a lot um I, I find pres- it's just I'm people sure. are more likely to get caught now 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of gross. It's like, you know, like same thing with like the, the orderly in Terminator 2 when he licks uh, Linda Hamilton's face. And same thing with the, the the rapey stuff in Girl Interrupted, if I remember correctly. One of the orderlies kept taking advantage of a girl. I just was yeah. disgusted by this rape scene. Um, oh, first of all, the two guys are fucking dumb. Apart from raping the girl, they do it in Michael Myers' cell. I know. What, are you asking to get killed? You know? The one guy who's uh, drunk. At that so point, I can though, he, kind of forget that. he hasn't done anything to anyone for 17 years, you know? Right. Yeah, I guess it's us, like, oh, you're going to get it, guys, you know? Yeah. But just, and the fact that the rape is really brutal, like, I felt bad for the actress in this scene. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you don't, like, you know, she... Her, her bottom's uncovered, yeah. but you, you don't see, like, there's no, there's, there's, you don't see, obviously, any penetration shots or anything like that, but just you, the motion of the ocean, and it's violent, and it's gross, and these guys are sick, they're drunk, and they're probably not, they haven't bathed, and, like, I just, it was grimy, it was gross. To me, there was no need for this in this film at all. Um, yeah, I, I mean, guess there's an alternate, like, this wasn't in the director's, or pardon me, this wasn't in theatrical cut. Um, I didn't. I don't know what it was in the theatrical cut to make Mike get escape out, escape his cell. Um, but in the in the director's cut, I was just repulsed. It's like Completely a repulsed. It's like a mini. That scene alone, it's like a rape and revenge scene because they get theirs yeah. right after the fact. You know, deservedly so. Absolutely. I'm like good. You know, I'm like Lou Temple. What? Why? You know, you're right. a nice guy in in Devil's Rejects. Yeah, you're a nice guy in Walking Dead. Why did you have to? You know, right? It reminded and, me, and so we did it on purpose because he was a nice guy in Devil's yep. Rejects. Exactly. Which, fair enough. You know, you got you want to you want to uh, you know you want to exercise your acting muscle. Mm-hmm. But I just ah uh, gross. It reminded I just me. Was gross. It reminded me of that scene from Kill Bill, where uh, yes, but it's, yes, it's you know. Uh, the woman who gets her revenge. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, in Kill Bill, funny enough, I didn't. I wasn't grossed out. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I think it's because we knew it was the bride, and she was going to yeah. kick their asses, right? Mm-hmm. But in this one here, I'm just like, there's no need for this in this yeah. movie. Yeah, and, and I haven't seen the theatrical cut, so I don't know what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have either because I was watching this again and I'm thinking like I don't recall seeing anything different than what I'm seeing than what I watched yesterday. Like that's the only film I know as Halloween, the remake. You know what I mean? So I don't – I thought I saw this in theaters but if I did, I just – I don't remember the theatrical cut at all uh, because I've seen the the remake a couple times since. So You know, if any of our listeners – know what happens in the theatrical cut, uh, please let us know by sending us an email, a voicemail, a brick through a window. <laughs> you can send those up to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I'll Instagram it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, there's one line I love uh, during – we're kind of jumping back and forth now, but uh, when Michael is – still in the hospital. He's still the young boy. And uh, they kind of have those black and white shots where it looks almost as if Loomis is filming him for his book. And yes. uh, he says, one of his quotes is, Michael Myers has become a ghost, a mere shape of a human being. I thought that was perfect because obviously, as as we all likely know, Michael Myers was simply called the shape in the original, uh, in the original script. 
from Carpenter. And so I thought that was a, a great, another great homage to the original. Yeah. And I'm going to have to rewatch this series. Like, you know, I watch one until the time four and five. I watch a lot as mm-hmm. well. I never saw six. So oh. me, when people talk about the Druids, I have no clue exactly where this all comes into play. Yeah. You need to you make know? sure you watch the producer's cut of six, which you have because you have the set. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is such a significantly better film, which blows my mind. How, because Saw, Halloween six is not a good movie. The producer's cut is a genuinely good film, I think. So that's what I keep hearing. And I'm hoping both versions are on the disc so I can compare. Yeah. I'm almost certain they are. And trivia fact, that is Paul Rudd's first film. Yes, absolutely. Ant-Man's first movie is Halloween 6. Yep, I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah, You need to watch that. I'll be interested to hear your take on it. Yeah, I will eventually. Mm -hmm. Probably close to Halloween or October, which isn't really that far off. No, not at all. But yeah, so I like the attack on the nurse. The final, basically the final moments before the 15 years later jump. Uh, again, Danning. say again. That's Sybil Danning. Yes, from from Howling Two. Your sister is a werewolf. Okay, very good. And Malibu Express. <laughs> um, but I I like the way they showed the kind of the stabbing in the 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 security cam footage. I thought it was really a, a, just a cool feature. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I like the way they did it. Um, and still also very brutal. With, you know, right. just a fork. Now, uh, at the same time, um, you know, the nurse, why would you, why would you turn your back to him? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, you make one mistake in your career and it's your last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so kind of to end that part of the film, we hear this, we see her, um, the, um, Sherry Moon Zombie, forget the, the character's name, but, uh, crying watching the home videos and then she picks up the gun and we hear the gunshot go off and then just immediately hear that baby crying. I thought that's such a sad moment. It was. And that's why I like uh, Sherry's uh, portrayal in this film. Yeah. That that Um, I liked. Yeah. Yeah. She, it's her first compassion, like film where you feel for her, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, that is so sad to watch, you know, home videos and then kill yourself. I think she's great after that opening scene. I think she does a good job. Actually, after, when she comes back home and sees that her family's been killed, I think she does a great job from then until she kills herself. The first bit is just, uh, I don't know. I feel like she needed more work. Okay. I, yeah. I looked it up. Uh, the difference between the R-rated, which is the theatrical, and the director's cut, they're completely different scenes. And how he leaves the room is completely different. Uh, hmm. They they must have reshot this like entirely. Hmm. Uh, because um, in the theatrical cut, you have four guards sitting around a room chit-chatting, and uh, the phone rings, and uh, the female guard's like, okay, what do you got? Yes, sir, understood. And she hangs up, and they're like, all right, hey, everybody, hats on, we're out of here. And the guy's like, so what do, who are we moving tonight? And she's like, Michael Myers, trick-or-treat, baby. Oh. And so they then it cuts to Michael in chains being taken along the hallway by four guards, and they're like, can this dude... Move, you know, could this guy walk any fucking slower? Just wait here. They open the channel gate. When Larry goes to open the second second gate, he breaks free from his chains and kills three of the guards who are in the channel gate. When the woman runs into the pump gun and uh, pump action shotgun and shoots him, he grabs one of the dead guards as a shield and attacks the woman. 
slits her throat, oh. and then drags her along the hallway. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, that's better than a rape scene. I'll take that. Yeah. Hmm. I, I actually think if I if I was going to make a cut, I would probably use that instead. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why he made the choice he did. I'd be interested to find that out. And that's why, like, at this point, you know, we're an hour in. I've there's two scenes where I'm just like, one doesn't fit Halloween because I'm like the the you know the the breakfast scene. I'm like, eh, I don't like it. And then this rape scene. I'm like, man, I'm kind of really pooing this film right now, you know. Oh. And the fact that we just haven't, you know, like Michael hasn't left the hospital yet, mm-hmm. you know, and like we're an hour in. I'm like, ah, is this movie three hours? <laughs> so, what did you think of the breakfast scene? When we get to like the modern day stuff or the 15 years later. When you asked that, um, I thought again, it was kind of crude with the whole fingering the bagel. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> zombie. I know it's your movie. You You're know, so crude tonight. I had no idea this site existed. But just because I, I you know, <laughs> how, the first Halloween is such like high on my list of oh. favorite films. It, I, oh, absolutely! It is it is you know one what? of the greatest films ever made. Period. Not just the one of the best horror films. It's one of the best films ever made, in my opinion. So I, I'm absolutely with you. And you know, I'm not a prudish guy, but I'm like you're you're smearing shit on my Picasso. <laughs> you know? Oh man. So still, the reason he says he does that is because if she was the way that um, Lori is in the original, then she would seem like uh, what he – like uh, Amish uh, or something. And I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just you – know, again, 2007, do people that's, talk that's like that to their parents? The, uh, ah. That apparently is in, only in the unrated cut, by the way. They they cut that oh. after – Okay. Laurie makes fun of Mr. Nichols in the R-rated cut, and then uh, that's it. You know that huh. they 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 don't do that thing with the donut. So I just think, as uh, you know, this is your heroine in the film. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to not. Yeah, maybe I am being too like sensitive, just because it is an iconic film remake. Yeah. You know, I it yeah it is me. It completely is me. I was just kind of. Turned off by her fingering a bagel. Why? Why? I really don't know. It just hit me the wrong way, you know? It's uh, weird because we're talking about me here, right? Exactly. And I know. I don't know why. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm not having fun. enough iron in my diet. I don't know. I need a steak. Oh, my gosh. It's cracking me up. But you're right. Uh, I did have a adverse reaction to that yeah. upon first review. I really mm-hmm. did. That's very interesting to me. But I will say I, I know, right? <laughs> I will say I Scout Taylor Compton just bugs me as Lori a lot of times. And I think part of that is fine. I can chalk it up as like especially when the three of them are together walking down the street, which I thought they did a great job with uh in yeah. kind of playing homage to the original again. But and they use that same wall, it's filmed like yeah. the same area. But the the way they are together, I mean, they are three teenage girls. That they're teenage girls are annoying, you know what I mean? Especially at our age. And so mm-hmm. I think they do that part well, but there's points where she just bugs the shit out of me. One of those points is that scene that we were just talking about. Another point yeah. is um the moment where she's sitting on the porch with her mom and dad, and then just like I don't know, uh, D. Wallace and her together, like, I don't, something about her just bugged the shit out of me. And it happens every time I watch this film. 
you know, it's it's really maybe it's the same reaction that I get to Malcolm McDowell as Samuel Loomis yeah. is because you kind of picture uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in this role, mm-hmm. and she's just not yeah Jamie those, Lee Curtis exactly. You know? Those girls are not nearly as annoying as these three are. Yeah, and it's same thing. Like you know, uh, uh, McDowell is not pleasant mm-hmm. or pleasant. You know, right. um, and I just have trouble disassociating. The two roles. See, yeah. See, I I remember girls that talk like that in high school and acted like that in high school. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're acting poorly. I think they're acting well. It's just the characters are annoying. Eh, yeah, that could be. But did you – have you guys – you guys have both seen Halloween H2O, correct? No, no, yes. no. I do not – it is not Halloween H2O. It is Halloween The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Fuck the producers. That is the <laughs> shittiest <laughs> title for a fucking Halloween movie ever. <laughs> It's uh, a great movie. And at the very beginning, they have... Care. I don't care. The title... Mis- them t- changing the title on it completely ruined the film for me. I did. I actually waited until that came out on video to watch it. Oh, you're ridiculous. Uh, in the very beginning of that movie with... Um, uh, what's his name? The guy... The boy from... Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. But they have... Yeah. Um, Mr. Sandman playing as you enter Haddonfield. Yeah. And so what does zombie use in this film when we enter Haddonfield for the first time? Mr. Sandman, which I thought. I they, thought didn't they use Mr. Awesome. Salmon in the original Halloween? Or Halloween 2, maybe? Maybe that's the one. I'm they may have. I don't recall. I, Do you recall, can, Mark? Yeah, honest, honestly, I've only seen Halloween 2 once. Yeah, I've only seen it um, maybe two or three times, and it hasn't been that recent, so I can't tell you. All right, yeah, but you're right. You absolutely might be could be right. It with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street too. Oh, okay. So we were talking about annoying little kids um, with the kind of the the guy in the beginning, Dag. But mm-hmm. the flip side of that, I thought Tommy Doyle and uh, Lindsay Wallace. The two, like the the little boy and girl, I yep. thought they were fucking excellent in this. Yeah, Halloween I thought two. they were yeah, Halloween, super realistic. Halloween two, nineteen eighty one. Yep. Oh, they use that song also. Yep. Okay. Very good. Okay. Good catch. Yeah. Yeah, I like the kids as well. I thought uh, the Tommy Doyle uh, actor mm-hmm. did a bang up job. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with uh, with uh, the girl. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Lindsay right Wallace. Now. Lindsay. Um, yeah, I thought they were great. Yeah, they were cracking me up. I thought, she's at one point, she's like, I'm Queen Sheba, bow down, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so hilarious. And that, I can see a, a child at that in yes. 2007 do that. Right, exactly. To me, like, their performance, they are acting like kids of their era. Yeah. You know, so I was told, that was totally believable for me. So mm-hmm. I had no problems with them whatsoever. Yeah. Something oh, that's. Go ahead. Uh, before we go too far in the film, yeah. What did, and you know, I'm probably ask this every film that he's in. What do you guys think of Ken Forhey in this movie? Who as as the trucker? Who the gets trucker. Oh in, my in god! The yeah, I liked him. He is hilarious. Yeah, apparently, like, uh, I like the fight between the two of them because, like, neither yes. one, neither of the actors wanted to like give the power to the other, and so it was like not a legitimate fight, but like it went. More physical than it probably should have, and I thought that would it worked really well. I just thought again he was stuck with zombie dialogue because really nobody talks. I don't care if you're a trucker, are you really going to talk like that? And then him saying his cool hand loop phrase, yeah, I loved it. Like fuck that, no, oh, it felt God. so 
forced. It felt so forced. See, oh, and the shitty guy. wig and like, ugh. See, I love, I love that line though. He's like, buddy, I'm working out that where he's working yeah. on a burrito line. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, it cracks yeah. my shit up every time he does it. I I just thought, no, nobody really will monologue that, like and that. And that's the thing. In the interview on the disc, Rob Zombie's like, yeah, he's like, I he's like, I didn't think anybody would deliver the dialogue very well until I cast him in that, and he did a great job. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah, so too. Maybe to him and you guys, but I <laughs> you know what it reminded me of, and this is what so is stupid. It reminded me of that scene in Dumb and Dumber. Where they're in, like, that giant man comes out of the bathroom and it's, like, on the – I haven't seen this in a long time, so my memory's phase, hazy. But it's, like, something written on the wall, like, don't be in this stall at this time or whatever. And yes. yeah, stuck in the bathroom. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. I thought but. the fight scene was awesome. I, I really dug the way it was choreographed. Yeah. I just – I just didn't like Ken's delivery. I didn't like the way he uh, – I didn't like his hair – because oh, like you know, Zombie has this thing about shitty wigs. Yeah, he had a shitty fucking wig. Oh, I um, and then he was so hammy. It was just fan service. I was like, Bleh. Oh, apparently, in the, <laughs> I uh, served this fan well. In the uh, in the R rated cut, um, he doesn't uh, give that. He doesn't have the 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 dialogue where he says, "What we got here is a failure to communicate." He doesn't say that in the R rated version. And that's a good thing. It should have been exercised from the theatrical version. Oh, jeez. I know. I, it seems like I'm really hating this film. And honestly, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, the parts I hate, I really hate. But, well, let's continue. Let's continue. I do. Okay. Like, I do like the fight just because, and, uh, and Zabi commented on it too, is he wanted the, he wanted to demonstrate, you know, he already had kind of a little bit, you know, in the direct, in the director's cut, you know, Michael beating that guy's head into the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. But he wanted to show, you know, that he was like, you know, not fucking around right off the bat. Yeah. Outside of a the force. Yeah. And it just, yeah, they, I think they did a good job with that. Cause that he just mm-hmm. beat the hell out of him. I mean, I, yeah, the walls in a, in a toilet stall are kind of flimsy, but they don't bend like <laughs> that normally. Right. <laughs> Those are two big guys though. Oh, yeah. They a lot were. of anyway oh, yeah. getting yeah. slammed against uh, some really thin, like. Yeah. Then also, I actually thought the fight was the most believable thing out of that whole scenario. Yeah. Yeah. This I love the, them. There's this, this line. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, there's, there's a line. Um, this is when uh, uh, Lori and uh, what's her name? Lindsay, I think. Uh, Lydia? Lindsay? The the person who's playing PJ Soul's character. Uh, that's uh, Lindsay Wallace. Or, or th- that's a character name. Uh, the actress is Jenny Greg Stewart. Okay. Um, I thought Lindsay Wallace was the little girl. Oh, I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, you know what? Whatever. We know who I'm talking about. Linda. Um, Linda. Thank you. Because I know it's it still L-Y-N-D-A. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Lori says, you are so demented. And Linda says, totally. Which is another wonderful homage to the original. Yeah. But I'm glad they cut out most of it because that is <laughs> so annoying. I think PJ Souls does a great job with it in the original, but me too. Oh, I, I love PJ Souls in the original. Like, yeah, she's excellent. I, I think she, you know, even though she, she she's a bit of cheerleader, mm-hmm. you know, and singy songy annoying, but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought she's awesome. So mm-hmm. I was kind of bummed out by Linda in this one. I don't think she's as good as PJ Souls at all. 
I thought she was quite attractive, but otherwise. You just, you just, you just like full frontal nudity, my friend. <laughs> you caught me. Right. <laughs> Speaking of homages and stuff, yeah. what do you guys think of the musical cues recycled from the original? I don't mind. Do you like it? Do you hate it? I I absolutely loved it. I I loved it, but at the same time, there was I don't and I should have written it down, but I don't. One of them was kind of ill timed, I think, in the director's cut. It just didn't. Okay, it, it didn't work. But I don't remember which one it was. Mm. It, it, it it worked, but it wasn't. It's like they they kind of cut it, either they cut it off too soon, or I think they started it too soon. Okay. One of the two, and it just it, the flow bothered me a little bit, but I don't remember which one it was. I'll be honest, it kind of bugged me a bit, just because <laughs> it wasn't his take on the themes, but it was like, at least to me, it seemed like an exact duplicate of the original. But I thought maybe Zombie would have just put his own personal fingerprints there on it. There is a version he did <laughs> of the Halloween theme. I know there is. That it sounds more heavy metal. He but puts it wasn't his, used. Was he it? puts his thumbprint on literally every other aspect of the film, and this is kind of what stays the same. And that's why I liked it so much. I felt it was so powerful because it is what we know, like exactly what we know from the original. And I thought that's why I liked it so much. It seemed foreign to me just because I'm not seeing Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I'm not seeing Donald Pleasance. And they're you having know what I mean? sex. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um, it, it just, to me, because I'm not seeing my beloved characters, yeah. it was like, oh, okay. Hey, this is the ice cream uh, truck. Oh, but no, it's it's a hot dog stand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's similar, but it's not similar. I know there's a bad analogy. <laughs> but we're not anything, folks. Because that's I right. I know that right. guy uh, to cone a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, resist. Ice cream truck, last action hero. Gotta love it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, uh, I, I just it, it felt weird to me because it wasn't the pictures I usually see associated to that music. No, hmm. I forgot about uh, Sid Haig in this. Yes, as like the cemetery keeper oh, guy. God, I I forgot he was in this too. We get the cemetery. Yeah. I was like, yes, I know, and, and I, I liked him. Uh, I did positive, positive information. I, I actually I liked him as the character. <laughs> yeah, wearing his cane yeah. tuxedo, his jean jacket and jeans. You know, right. I had no problems with him uh, in this role. Absolutely. Damn. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a significant change from the original. Um, right. The group they they go to have sex in. Michael Myers' old house, yeah, but and party, which oh, well, in the original, that's just the house across the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I, that I worked like, here. Like, I, I did like the comment that they'd done it before, so it yes. isn't it isn't just like oh, they're just going to go do this for the plot of the movie. Well, I know it is right. part of the plot of the movie, but you yeah. know, it's just like it, it's like this yeah, is we where do they this bang. The yeah, yeah, this, this is, is this is the banging house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is their party house. Yeah, would you bang in the boogeyman's house? Probably not. At the same time, <laughs> horny teenager probably would. Yeah, that's a vacant you know, house. What do they care? I, I can't fault them for that because I'd probably do the same thing. Well, and that's the thing, though, too, as my wife pointed out, everybody bangs in the boogeyman's house in horror movies. So, you know. Yeah, it's a trope. <laughs> right. 
I love the shot when uh, Linda's boyfriend's being killed. They use he uses that same shot that Carpenter does, yeah. uh, looking down at the feet, just kicking. I thought I love that just because, and, again. And just the fact that you know it, it's only he's only being held by the knife, right? And it's just uh, Michael like looking almost like puppy dog eyes mm-hmm. at it, like he's curious. He's like, <laughs> oh, okay, if I do that, and the body actually stays, you know. Okay, that's yeah. the other thing I have to I have to give um, Tyler Maine credit for. He, I mean, he was okay in S. Sabretooth in the first X Men movie, but I think here he manages to do so much without saying a fucking word the whole movie because it's just like yeah. he he is creepy as hell, and you, yeah, you you look at him and you realize you don't want to fuck with him, and you don't even see his damn face most of the movie. He's very intimidating. I thought mm-hmm. he was a great Michael. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, just the body language and everything. He's just spot on. Yeah, I agree. I a, a moment that I really liked um, with Michael was when uh, he attacks uh, Mr. Strode out of nowhere. It's such a quick scene, a violent scene, and then he goes in the in the house. It just had this home invasion feel, which mm-hmm. uh, you guys know I love home invasion films. And they terrify me, and it just had that feel to it that I was just uh, drawn in with, and I loved it. Yeah, um, you don't expect it. He just, he just swoops in and yeah. just takes them out. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Okay, here's a fun fact for you. Um, that scene was originally supposed to end with him slamming the door. Okay. The rest of the scene, they shot because, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, the, the one playing Lori's mom. Um, D. Wallace. D. Wallace happened to be there on set that day. Yeah, I fitting. heard that in the commentary. Yeah, so that and then he's like, you know, we could do something with this. So they actually used a body double for her husband, and they had uh, Tyler Mayne on set, and they filmed that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. They just came up with on the spot. Yeah, it was all improvised, and then they realized that they filmed like the first half, and then realized they didn't have a, a real good conclusion. So they came back, he said, like two months later and filmed the second part where she's crawling into the living room. But yeah, very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that they're watching old sci-fi movies on the television, just like the original, including Thing from Another Planet. Yeah, I dig that too. See, I think they should have had John Carpenter's The Thing. That's a lot more expensive. Oh, hush. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was more of a rights issue, and what yeah. can we actually get uh, that, yeah. that public domain? Mm-hmm. So I loved uh, the story that the sheriff tells um, about how Lori was adopted, it, it happened so fast, which they talk about in the commentary how Rob Zombie was just kept telling him, can you talk faster? Can you talk faster? Can you talk faster? Yeah. Um, because he wanted that scene really to go quickly. But I think it, it's it, it it's done really well. I think he managed to get exactly what he needed out of it. I think Brad Dorff is probably one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He's excellent. I have yet to see him in a film where I didn't like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got one for you then. Oh, okay. You might like it. You might not like it. I love it, but it's a really bad direct-to-video film. It's called... Well, okay, so I used to be on the Room Org boards, right? And my, okay. uh, I guess, uh, board name was Death Machine. Because he made a movie called Death Machine. And it's <laughs> a mix of Die Hard, Terminator, and Aliens all into one. <laughs> What? That sounds amazing. Yes, you know, and it is, but it's so bad. But he's the <laughs> he's the best part of the movie because he, awesome. he's a bad guy and he plays the like. It's a horrible film, but he's awesome in it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's what, like I had this on DVD. I found it luckily uh, at a old uh, Suncoast video, like <laughs> maybe 15 years ago. You know, wow. um, yeah. So uh, yeah, Brad Dourif can can take shit and uh, make it into uh, something that you want to eat. You know, <laughs> him in uh, Alien Resurrection. Uh, yeah, he salvages like every scene he's in. It just yes. sells it like you know, like you wouldn't believe. And yeah, even here, I, you can totally believe he's the sheriff. You know, and that oh yeah, he's dealt with this shit before, <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah, for as much stunt casting that Zombie does by just bringing back all these horror icons to his movies, yeah. um, Dorf works. Oh yeah, he's reliable, definitely. I like Zombie's use of uh, the steady cam. He uses it a lot in the second half of the film, um, especially when they're like uh, Laurie's walking ac- Lindsay across the street. Um, it's one moment he uses it. Uh, there's a couple other moments where it's mostly outside when they're going like in between the houses, which is where it's used in the original a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really like that aspect of it. Uh, one thing I didn't understand is why why was Laurie limping? When she came running out of the house where Annie was, because all she did, she throws the chair through the glass and then goes running and she's limping for some reason, which just slows her down, which I, I don't understand why. Did I miss something? Maybe I don't recall. Maybe she cut herself uh, with the the glass. Yeah. I'd have to uh, uh, examine that. Did Michael grab her at some point? I don't remember. I didn't think so, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I have no recollection. Yeah. Speaking of um, Lori, I really liked what was essentially like the chase scene between Michael and her. Um, I didn't – I thought the movie was done in the pool. Yeah. Um, and then we get, you know, the – I love these lines of dialogue. Was that the boogeyman? And Loomis says, as a matter of fact, I do believe it was. And then you get the crash through the window. Um, I thought that was a great moment. Uh, but I thought it was done before that. But when he's trying to find – Michael's trying to find her – after that attack on Loomis, I mean, it was genuinely tense. Like when she's up in the ceiling, things like that. I really, really like those moments. Yeah, I did like the moments as well, even though I was kind of hoping the movie would be done by now. You know, <laughs> because like you don't expect that that last 10 minutes or so. Right. Um, I'm like, oh, more of her hiding and her not mm-hmm. doing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the scene where she's hiding in the ceiling was pretty cool. Yeah. And one of probably my favorite moments in the film has to be the very end when she's on top of him and she tries shooting him and there's no bullets, tries it again, no bullet. And then he grabs the gun and she shoots. And as soon as the gun goes off, blood spatters, splatters everywhere. And she just screams as the sirens get closer and we go to black. Like, I fucking love that moment. And I don't believe... That that's in the theatrical cut. I think that's a, a director's, director's cut. cut exclusive. And yeah. just the fact that she's all bloodied up because she oh, went to yeah. hell with mm-hmm. Michael already. And like her nose is bloody and again looks fucking legit. Right. You know, it looks like it's still running. You know, it's got that like that column of blood that covers the mouth. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. And then yeah. the way it ends, yeah, I, I popped for that. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. It might click, click again, pow, and then she screams like, what the fuck, you know? I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm excited to watch Halloween too, which I yes. hear is better than Halloween. So, Oh, 
That's what I hear. People who uh, have uh, who mocked me on Facebook saying, ha-ha, you have to watch the Rob Zombie's Halloween. I like two better. <laughs> so this is a gateway drug to a better film, and I'm okay with that. That's fascinating to me because uh, Halloween 2 is the only zombie film I didn't like the first time I've se- I watched it, and I have not seen it since. Oh, so that's why I'm excited to Halloween see it. Halloween 2 is a very big departure from the first fi- – or from the original Halloween 2. Yeah. Um, But uh, – I think it deals because the original Halloween two takes place the same night. Yeah, like like not even an yes. hour later. It's like exactly. she's at the, exactly. she's at the hospital. So. Yeah, so like yeah. Glorious had like no time to recover at all. None. Um What's interesting with Rob Zombie's take on it is it's a while after. Yeah, it's, I think it's like years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a while. Yeah. Like uh, people like uh, it's long enough that Daniel Harris's character has scars still. I think. Yeah, and, and, and from the from the fall and stuff, and or not okay. fall, but from Michael attacking her, and mm-hmm. but like Lori is like got PTSD out the ass, like you can imagine, yeah. and, as one would exactly, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's actually it's an interesting kind of it, it, he basically does the same thing that he did with like the beginning of this movie where you kind of get a psychological breakdown of Michael, only you get a kind of a look into Lori trying to deal with what happened to her okay oh cool yeah so i'm excited to watch i might even watch it tonight if i have time so yeah yeah so uh ash what are your your kind of your final thoughts on halloween and and your star rating for this film okay well i i I do have to say i've only ever seen the original twice i've actually seen the sequel halloween 2 probably six or seven times oh my god that blows my mind yeah um I was never actually a big fan of the Halloween series. They weren't my favorite. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't. I, I kind of liked Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street was my bag. So, yeah, yeah you know, it, that that was the one I liked. Um, so I, I yeah, Michael was all right. Yeah, it was OK. Um, and I watched when they were on TV. Um, but so I don't mm-hmm. have like this huge, great attachment to the original. I, and I like it as a Carpenter film. But the original is very much a slasher flick and we don't really get into it much but i do like the way it's shot and it is very cool uh that and that end of it um zombies take on it it's a little more guttural it definitely has a zombie flair to it which kind of takes off a little bit i think a little but i like the fact that he goes in and tries to connect us with michael a little bit or at least let us get into his head a little bit so we know what what's got him to this point uh, so I like that end of it. Um, it's rough in spots and everything else. So, yeah, uh, it's, I do think it's leagues above devil's rejects and house of a thousand corpses though. Um, I give Halloween a three out of four. What, what I like to hear. And what about you, Mark? Um, it, it seems like I bitched. Most of this podcast are in this movie. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's no. It, it's some might say that I was very <laughs> negative. Um, it's just because we the stuff that I talked about was mostly the stuff that bugged me from the film. Um, I did like it more the second time I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. and because the first time I after I finished watching it the first time. Um, I didn't want to watch it again. I only reason why I did is because of this. Um, 
second time it kind of grew on me more. I appreciated the slow burn of Michael's path uh, yeah. in the first hour, which in the f- first time I watched it, I wasn't. I think because I was just impatient to get to the good stuff, not realizing that some of the stuff I was watching was good stuff. Um, so minus the, the the really black marks on this film being the opening scene and the the rape scene, um, I, I didn't mind the film at all. Once it, it got into Halloween mode, um, I thought it was a perfectly adequate slasher film. Um, minus the trauma to any bagels that might have occurred during filming. <laughs> um, so I didn't hate it. It does not beat the first one in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I would get... Man, out of four stars or four icons or four knives, I'd have, you know it's I'd have to give it a. I'm gonna give it two and a half. Okay, yeah, two and a half. Okay, very good. So before I kind of give my final thoughts, I want to point out um, Chris is essentially kind of uh, the closest thing I would find to an expert on this film. Uh, there are actually three different versions of it. There's the theatrical, the directors, and then there's the work print, okay. which is apparently a combination of the theatrical and the uh, director's cut. And so I'm wondering if that might fix some of the problems you had with it, Mark, uh, getting rid of some of those scenes. I don't know. It's only yeah. available via download. You can't get it on disc, which is disappointing. Really? Um, but but Chris, if you're listening, we'd love to have you chime in and let us know what is different with the work print compared to the director's cut because i'm i'd be very interested to find out what that what the differences are there but so my final thoughts on halloween so i mean this is a different halloween than what john carpenter created and though it's definitely it's not a better film it sure as hell is a great film in its own right it, it gives us this deeper look at why Michael is who he is. And though his fascination with Laurie is a little odd, it's still enough to drive the plot in the direction it needs to go. Um, Michael's, his new mask, it's creepy as hell. And his actor is this awesome, menacing figure, which is so important in something like this. Um, the teenagers he had to kill were all willing to show skin, which should never be underlooked in a slasher film. <laughs> and and more importantly, they're all solid actresses. So. <laughs> oh. But yes, um, they were annoying at points. But again, I, they're teenage girls. I think they're supposed to be annoying at points. Um, I loved Zombie's use of licensed music yet again in this film. And his use of Carpenter's classic score it remains spot on for me, at least in the remake. Um, it's clear that Zombie had a great respect for the source music, like I mentioned earlier. And that goes a long way to make this Halloween remake. It's one of my favorite remakes of the kind of the, the modern remake era, which was very big at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a perfect mix of that cla- classic slasher film that is not only one of the best horror films of all time, but one of the best films of all time, period, as I already talked about in Carpenter's Halloween. And you take that classic, that classic formula, and you mix it with the blood and the gore that Rom Zombie he's brought to the table with his first two outings. And for me, I couldn't ask much more because I'm a huge fan of both. I know I love this remake and I cannot wait to finally watch that second film because as I mentioned, I've only watched it once 
Uh, the day it, I didn't get to the theaters to see it. I rented it on Netflix the day it came out and it was uh, there that night and we watched it. And I remember being very disappointed. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to finally revisit that one after all these years. So I'm going to give Halloween three and a half out of four stars, keeping the record going because that's what I've given every film, every film in this arc so far. So <laughs> and that's almost like that's my thought. That's almost like eight out of ten. I I kept my score in eight out of ten on IMDb because that is the proper score for the film. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to a a new feature that we're going to be debuting here tonight. I'm really excited about. This is the uh, the besting the backlog challenge, and this is kind of round zero. So next week will be round one. So we're gonna um, basically what we're trying to do is conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So for this feature, each of us are, are going to take a look at the other's unwatched piles, be it their Netflix queues or their home video collections or whatever the hell it is that the other person has that they have listed that we, they haven't watched. So um, we're going to pick a film for each other each week and challenge that person to watch the film before the next podcast. And then they're going to give a quick review of that film in that podcast. So uh, I'm thinking that we're going to answer five questions for each of these films. Uh, one, what's the film about? Two, why did you add it to your backlog? Three, did you like it and why or why not? Four, would you recommend the film? And five, will you watch it again? So those are kind of the five questions that we're looking at in this besting the backlog challenge here. So we're going to keep this going. Until someone is unable to meet their challenge for the week, and then they're knocked out of the competition for whatever reason. All right? Okay. And so then once only one person remains, that person out of the three of us is going to get a $20 Amazon gift card for themselves, plus a $20 Amazon gift card to give away on the podcast to a listener in any way they so desire. Ooh. All right? So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the first one kicked out, and that's totally fine by me. But good luck to everyone as we compete here in the besting the backlog challenge so this week i'm picking for mark mark's picking for ash and ash is picking for me so mark what is ash watching for next week's podcast okay um well i've decided through what uh, i was provided as a list um i wasn't going to make him watch a whole season of tv because one that's not fair and uh right i don't want that bested upon myself because i want to win so, uh, with what I've got uh, in front of me here, I'm going to pick 2013's Hammer of the Gods. Okay. I, I can picture that cover. I know that it one. It looks horrible. I don't, it's, it does look terrible. I, yes. yes. So. I honestly don't remember why I added that to my uh, Insta queue. I will have to look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ash, you are watching Hammer of the Gods from 2013. Yes, R rated. Uh, I guess Netflix is giving it two stars, one hour and 38 minutes long. Perfect. Uh, All right. And Mark? News? No idea why. You? <laughs> <laughs> so, with, with Mark, with, with your list, as we were talking about, we don't really have it marked if you've seen it or not. So, I might have to go through a couple options. Yes. But what I'm going to do is start at the very top. I have a bunch listed um, and go from there. So, have you seen the movie 16 Blocks? Yes. Have you seen Three Extremes? Yes. Have you seen Adaptations? Yes. Amadeus? Yes. <laughs> April Fool's oh, Day? Oh, hell yes. Assault on Precinct 13, the 1976 version? Yes. 
the Carpenter yep. film. All right, good. So now we're getting to the really shitty ones. <laughs> well, I imagine anyway. Have Have you seen Bat Babe, The Dark Knight? Son of a bitch. No. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Only reason why I own that on DVD is because the chick who plays the bad babe was at Cinema yeah. Wasteland, and I felt bad not buying something from her. And I like Batman. <laughs> Son of a gun. Bad oh, I'm babe excited to hear you dark talk about 90. that. Holy it's shit! It's essentially a softcore foreign porn film, from what I researched on it, yeah, and so I mundane, cannot though. wait to hear you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like Misty. It's like a Misty Mundane film without Misty Mundane. Oh man, shit. she's the best Fuck part. The shit! Oh, I'm not excited for this at all. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> I like can't wait. I'm gonna have to get some more Kleenex. <laughs> be, oh, it's gonna hurt. Oh man! <laughs> all right, Ash. What am I watching this for this coming podcast? All right, uh, I'm going off of your the one you said the uh, the not the wish list but the other one the ordered list. Yeah, that's where I have my okay. Um, Unwatched Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, okay. You've seen that one? Nope. And I just bought it recently on Blu-ray because of the um, Scream Factory. You have released the lucked out this first round, my friend. Lucked out. Yeah. Yes. Um. Let me ask: Is Demon Knight the first one, or is Bordello of Blood the first Uh, one? Demon Demon Knight is the first one. Bordello of Blood was the one that they did that went direct to video uh, and is not great. Um, there's really only one reason to watch that, and it's not Dennis Miller. It's um the chick that they have in it, who well, I had a crush on for the longest time. I heard the commentary is the reason why to watch it because everybody shits on the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, the the if I was the order go in the order of Tales from the Crypt movies, I would watch Demon Knight, skip Bordello of Blood, even though I I, I like the actors in it, and um the, there's a third one that they did that was directive video because I was actually made for TV that got Tales from the Crypt slapped on it um, and the chick from Dirty Dancing's in it. Uh, I can't remember the name Jennifer of Jennifer Grey? Yeah. I didn't know they made a third one. I, hmm. I have no clue. Is it Ritual? It might be Ritual. That might be it. From 2002? Yeah, it's Ritual. Yeah. I've never heard of this. It does look like a tacked on. Uh, we didn't make this originally as a Tales from the Crypt film but you know, let's slap this label on it. Yeah, I mean, and and it, it, that one's pretty good. I would actually skip Bordello of Blood and watch Ritual instead. Um, hmm. But uh, but yeah, Demon Knight, Demon Knight is fun. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so batshit insane. Billy Zane is awesome in this movie. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, oh, Billy be. Zane it's, is fantastic. I don't oh think I even god. own this movie, so I should pick up that Scream Factory copy as well. Uh, I don't own it. Hell yeah, and and I love that movie. Oh my god. But that's why I picked it. I was like, oh, you haven't seen that? You're, you're, you're going to watch it now, bitch. <laughs> you lucky motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to recap, next week, Mark will be talking about Bat Babe, <laughs> the Dark Nighty. <laughs> I'll be talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, and... Ash will be talking about Hammer of the Gods from 2013. So make sure you check out the next week's episode for our reviews on those three, along with our continuation of a Rob Zombie retrospective with the review of 2009's Halloween 2, our first, uh, no, actually our second sequel in this arc, which is interesting. But so... As always, if you guys like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you happen to listen to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners, 
And that's always the goal. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time to leave us a review. And thank you again. As I say every week, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us kind of go on about these different films. We really appreciate our listeners. So thank you guys for uh, being there for us. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to Ash. Hope you guys had some fun this week. Yeah. Up until the last five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 